The following is a KTBR KPSN special presentation. When the world cried out in agony of the horrors of the evil Lord Blandish culture, three men came from a distant land to defend them with their thumbs of fire. Separately, these warriors are known as Mark the Bus, Thomas the Tank, and Dirty Dirty Dustin. But when evil threatens, they raise their hands to the sky and summon the fire to become the Thumbs of Fury. Are you ready? It's Thumb Time! Shut up, you know what I mean. Sounds like the fourth member of the show made it made its way back to this. I think uh, I think we have a bit of return, yeah. Like Welcome to the highly rated show. The Thumbs of Fury. <laughs> the highly rated on the uh, Pop Syndicate Network, yes, the highly rated show. Just a fact. What's don't, wrong with you? Don't give me shakehead. You know it's true. You know it's true. You don't have to call everything out. We, uh, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm embracing be us. behind the freaking curtain. We I'm embracing Thumbs of Fury like, as a great show. We have no shame. We uh, we don't just like to pull back the curtain. We like to have not have a curtain at all, apparently. What is this? TOF 20? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, this is episode Excellent. 20 of uh, Thumbs of Fury. 20. Top, Top 20. 20. Thanks for uh, joining us here on Thumbs of Fury. This week we're going to be talking about... Uh, first time we've actually done a cult classic on the show, I think. It is. Um, we're going to be talking about a cult classic we just saw... Uh, two, of Monday, did. two of us did. Two of us did. Thomas refuses to say anything prior to True. 1990 unless True. it's Star Wars related. Right, exactly. So he did not see this Or film. unless it has baby Kate Mara in it. Never True. seen... By the way, it's Kate Mara. We've Mara? all been saying that wrong. Well, yeah. Yeah. we're going to continue to say it wrong then. Yeah. Until she comes on the show, it's Mara. Right. It's, it's going to be Mara from here on <laughs> Okay. Uh, is it, are you sure it's not Kate Mara? I'm pretty sure. Can't, can't be positive. Pretty sure. Kate Mara. That's what we'll go with from now on. So on the show today, um, yeah, we will so have... It's our first cult classic. We're going to try to do one of these, probably one a month or so. Maybe um, more. We'll see. It depends par- on how lazy we are to go see actual mainstream true. movies. And these will be these will be cult <laughs> classics that are new to us. Not necessarily... I would say more often than not, necessarily things we've probably seen before. So uh, this time we're going to be covering the cult classic from Walter Hill, uh, Streets of Fire. Streets it's, of Fire. Uh, we'll have lots of interesting, well, maybe some interesting details about that movie. Yeah. Would it be Would it be relevant to also dissect the 1993 Sega game Streets of Fury? Interesting little fact about that oh. movie, which we'll get to in the next segment okay. about Streets of Fire. It just was, curious. It was based on this. Oh, okay. Thanks for ruining segment. Dustin. Oh, sorry. Let's just. I didn't know that. That was just a stop the show. That was a theory. Stop the show. <laughs> in the show now. Wrong. Wrong oh, outro sorry, music. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> wrong show. <laughs> He teases it, and then you go ahead and tell in the first second. Uh, this is the good show with the outro music. <laughs> but past that, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, our usual favorite shows. That's uh, True Detective, <laughs> Walking Dead, and House of Cards. And am I forgetting something? Justified. Justified. Yep. Justified. Forgetting Justified, yeah. So, uh, and you said that in the wrong order. You did, but it doesn't matter. I didn't know we had a uh, specified order. but uh, Those are the best ones we're covering. All right. Best well, to worst. Uh, well, we'll do best last, right? Say best sure, for last. Sure, worst okay. to best. Well, then we'll start with Walking Dead. All right, we'll start. With, sure, whatever. All Sounds right, good. but on the other and side, Streets of Fire. <laughs> you are listening to Thumbs of Fury. Does your thumb burn with opinions? Call and share them at four six nine six six five nine eight two seven.
This week on The Hobo Show. This Sunday, March 1st, is episode number 69 of The Hobo Shack. And who better to join us than I am Kraus. What's up, Kraus? Hey, how's it going? Really good, man. Tell everybody what we're going to talk about. Uh, I just wanted to talk about... Oh yeah, it's going to get very interesting this Sunday on The Hobo Shack. Go to thehoboshack.com or popsyndicate.net for more information. Download our app for Android, Apple, and Windows devices, and subscribe now on iTunes. Oh, the Hobo Shack. Hey kids, it's me, F-13 from Cinema Diabolica. We have a new show called Diabolical Decades. If you haven't been listening to it, this is the kind of gold that you've been missing. Ah, I see. I imagine Jimmy Stewart to have soft hands. But I would have been like, bitch, you gotta go. Oh, thank God. It's just the face of Satan. I thought it was a prowler. Check us out at popsyndicate.net slash cinemadiabolica. Pop Syndicate is looking for movie, TV, music reviewers, and columnists. If you can't stop talking about pop culture, email editor at popsyndicate.net with a sample of your writing. Popsyndicate.net, the internet's one spot for pop culture. I'll be coming for her, and I'll be coming for you too. Sure you will, and I'll be waiting. You are about to enter a world unlike any you've ever seen before. Where rock and roll is king. The only law is a loaded gun. Where the beautiful... Stay and see the show, it's really good. The brutal... I want Tom Cody. And the brave all meet. From now on, it's for real. In Streets of Fire. I didn't either. <laughs> Hot mic. Let's continue to enjoy the trailer. I was just going to see what happened. So. It's not over yet. God. Let it keep going. <laughs> Feels like we're adding time for no purpose. We're jamming out. Because jamming out is a big part of this film. Now, from the creators of 48 Hours, Universal Pictures presents Michael Paré, Diane the Lane, was that Manis, and Amy Madigan in a Walter Hill film, Streets of Fire. I didn't know Diane Lane was in it. She is indeed. Your I gilf, can't control your, my your, horny level. Your preferred gilf, Diane Lane. 
And she was 17. I've loved that chick and since Lonesome Dove. 17 or 18. She was maybe 19. She was pretty young, probably. She was she was before she was, 20. She was definitely that's 18, which is Thomas's preference, yes, when uh, it comes to making love. Okay, well, let's just uh, hey, that's take old that vulgar. out of the mix. I'm not saying you don't, like, you don't like it legal. I'm just saying you prefer the teen. You're no, sick to me, sir. You prefer something non-statutory, but in the teen range. You have a two-year window. doesn't make any... No, I don't. You Stop making window. up things. My pastor handed me this, this podcast, and you're really offending my ears. <laughs> You have a two-year window, or you prefer the gilf. So your pastor for your all ACS so, church. You're absolutely pastor Travis the Viking. So uh, no, he would not be in a, at an all atheist church. Come on, dude. Be nice Some to respect him. for people. Absolutely, I totally respect Travis. Okay, well, you well, just, he's you just not said an atheist. Him. Oh, I thought I didn't. I thought you were saying he said your all atheist church. And, oh, I'm and sorry, then you I didn't sent hear him, that. So, I'm no, sorry. he would not. I be thought there. you were saying your actual pastor. So anyway, we'll, we'll right. retract. I'm, so, I'm distancing from Marcus's comment there. Let's all let's all just distance from the show in general. Well, from you in general. Can we just distance? Let's just... We just distance from you. So anyway. Sweet. I'll so, just, uh... Streets of Fire. That's the wrong outro again. So... Cut off the uh-oh. microphone. We're distancing. <laughs> so, Streets of Fire. So, tell us about Streets of Fire, 1984. Uh, Walter Hill? Is that correct? I don't know. Oh, he's staring at me. Right okay. Uh... We learned last night, or I guess Monday night it was, Back that uh, unfortunately Streets of Fire was unleashed at a very, very unfortunate God. moment. Uh, really? Uh, it was released between Temple of Doom, Gremlins, and Ghostbusters. So oh, it had a Lord. lot we, of competition. I it wasn't the same month. It wasn't. They had it wrong. It was not the same week. So was it? Because Temple of Doom came out May first, and Gremlins right. came out June first. So it was okay. somewhere in the middle of there. Was it a failure at the box office? It was, it was a pretty bad failure. Yeah. Not, not not. Too bad, but well, it was, it was not how, successful. That's it how was, cult classic starts. It though. only made just a little bit over half its budget back. It cost fourteen point wow. five to make, and uh, this is in eighty four, which was pretty expensive. Fourteen point five million. Yeah, good. That's a lot. And, wow. And it only made eight point. Uh, well, okay, pretty well, much eight million. I retract my previous statement. It was eight, a complete failure. Yeah, it was a. Now Man. it did become. In the, thanks to the soundtrack, really, the soundtrack is what really brought people around on this because. Stevie. Understanding two hits in the UK. Yeah, there were there were two hits from this. Uh, Stevie Nicks was part of the soundtrack. Really, um, Jimmy Iovine, who has continued to be someone that uh, is a high executive for Interscope these days, and is actually assisting with the new uh, Dre Beats program, the the headphones and uh, the okay. music service. Yeah, is involved with that. He's the guy who actually produced um, the soundtrack. And I'm enough of a uh, manly man to admit that I quite enjoy the soundtrack. The, uh, it's the soundtrack very is catchy. Really good. It's it's real. Like that song is. It's the main song in the soundtrack, yes. but the soundtrack overall is quite catchy. Absolutely. And it's actually, if you had to say that, not to save the movie, but save the, um, the success of the movie, yeah. it's really because of that. Oh, I would it's agree. because of the soundtrack. Now, the movie itself um, wouldn't have, would not have succeeded without the soundtrack. Do you want to give a honest. basic premise of it? Or? Yeah, so the, the whole premise of the movie is, it's, it's an interesting mashup. Uh, if you had to call it an alternate world, it's probably what it is. Sure. Because it's, it, takes, it was made in 84. Directed by Walter Hill, who did 48 Hours, Brewster's Millions, uh, a couple others. Done in 84, but kind of a flashback to the 50s, to my sort understanding. Of. It's, it's an interesting the, the, mashup. The music is not 50s, no. but the attire is kind of the, a little bit 50s. Well, some of it is. So it's an interesting mashup between 80s music, like uh, early 80s pop, and um, 60s doo-wop. Because there is a doo-wop called the Sorrells in there. Um, the, the, kind of uh, the opening band for Diane Lane's yeah, band her, later on in the film. Diane Lane's band is named, is, uh, she's Ellen Aim. And her band is the Attackers, so they're Ellen and the Attackers, and they have the main song that you heard there in the trailer. And but there's also a Along group, with a couple others, yeah, a couple others. Yeah. There's a group that um, comes in to play later in the story called the Sorrells, and they are a straight up 
acapella doo group. And they're great. They also have a really couple of really great Spoiler songs. Spoiler well. alert, they hijack their bus at some point later. Yeah. And they happen Ooh. to, and, you know, they end up being a doo-wop band. And yeah. Rick Moranis is this... Uh, Kind of, uh, he's like a a, group, kind of, uh, a manager. D head uh, is that too much for the well, show? I'll call he, him a D head. He's a bit of a uh, antagonist for the main characters. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. antagonist. That's not true. Raven Willem Dafoe is really the antagonist for this movie. Well, he's, but he's um, true. I mean, he's the bad guy. But uh, Rick Moranis is kind of the rich, snobby. He's the, he's the thorn in the side of Tom Cody and yeah. Ellen Aim. Tom to, Cody being the main wants character. to shrink everybody. He does yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's his okay. whole name. And, yeah, he wants to ghost bust everyone. It's really <laughs> so, weird. It doesn't make any sense. He always sense. calls himself the Keymaster. Must have been a big time he for wants, him, by the way, to be in this and Ghostbusters. Yeah, back and like, to back, yeah. He wants to ghost bust everyone. <laughs> it's really weird. It's a really weird element to the film. Pretty sure that was never used as a, as a verb. He wants so, to ghost It was a verb. This is uh, definitely made in 84. It's an interesting mashup of uh, not only the 80s, but... Which, uh, by the way, if you want to examine 1984, it's a heck of a year really? for films in general. That's interesting. Yes. I, I wonder if... Um, I mean, just top to bottom, it's got a lot of big releases in that year. Well, Temple of Doom, obviously. And, uh, well, t- Temple Gremlins. of Doom, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Gremlins. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of stuff that year. Yeah. More than I can even I wonder, think of the top I'll of my head. Be, we can talk about this later, but I wonder what came out in the summer. We'll have to talk about that later. Sure. But uh, yeah, this is uh, described as a rock and roll fable. It's from Walter Hill, like I, Walter Hill, like I said, who did Bruce's Millions, 48 <laughs> Hours, a couple other big movies. 48 Hours, pretty good film. Yeah. And uh, he, oh, he did The Warriors as well. Yeah. And... Uh, Anyways, it's it's he tried to make when he wrote this movie with Larry Gross, he tried to make a movie that had concepts of everything that he loved as a kid, which meant uh, hot ladies, uh, cars, action, and the culture of the time it of is, which he grew up. Which it is was, such over the top action. It really is. And oh, by the way, same year as Nightmare on Elm Street, The Terminator, Sixteen Candles, wow. Footloose, The Neverending Story. That's a uh, quite the, the, the Karate Kid. Quite a year. For that is quite the year for for films. Yeah, yeah. Best um, one of all this. Best ah, one. That's tough. Oof. No, it's not. Read the list again. Terminator, Sixteen Candles, Nightmare on Elm Street, Ghostbusters, Footloose, Neverending Story, uh, Dune, Amadeus, The Karate Kid, Once Upon a Time in America. I'm going to go with Ghostbusters here. on that. And Gremlins, obviously, <sighs> terrible, terrible choice. That's not a terrible choice. Karate Kids, awesome. solid. Neverending Story, mean, solid. Neverending Story by a mile. No. Terminator's solid, too. Terminator's good. Look, I like most of the movies. I've never seen Gremlins to this day. I've never yeah. seen Gremlins. You've seen but, Sixteen Candles, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's classic, but yeah. it's not like one of my favorite movies of all times. Terminator. Of all time. Terminator's uh, Neverending probably Story is, funny. is one of my favorite movies Maybe ever. Maybe we need to do a 1984 retrospective. We should. It's the hell of a year to We, we to should. Do. Maybe that's not something else we can tackle. Idea. Not at um, all. But, but anyway, back, let's, let's go back, back to Streets of Fire. Fire. Sorry. Yes. So it, it's a movie that combines uh, the 80s and the 50s, and it combines Walter Hill's favorite ideas as a kid of what he would have liked to see in the movie. And really, this movie is it is the Rocky rockabilly enthusiast dream because sure. if you look at the style of this movie, it's big pompadours, it's you know uh, fast cars, and... and you know, big like muscle cars. There's so many things in this movie too that get away. They get away with in 1984 that they would not now. For example, when uh, Cody hooks up with AIM later on, <laughs> yeah, and to be sure that she doesn't follow him, he knocks the damn hell out of her and knocks her out, like yeah. punches her in the face. Yeah, Whoa! And does. later on, yeah. she remembers in a romantic way, "You're the man with the with the right hook." Like, yeah. 
That would not happen in well, a movie these days. Perhaps that's part of her erotic foreplay. Is, Maybe uh, it is, but I'm just saying that's very 1984. Yeah, it is very I'm just saying you can get away with that then, well, you cannot now. You look at uh, some so like, weird another yeah. Rick Moranis movie. Look at Spaceballs, which had several words in a True. PG or PG-13 movie. That there's no way the FCC a hole would not be issued yes, in a in a current not movie FCC, that way. But the MPAA would not let you get away. True. With Mark, it doesn't Dad. matter what entity. But, uh, but the the basic uh, the basic premise of the story is, and it's it's an interesting, and I, I have to further extend the the concepts in this movie. It's an interesting mashup. It's like almost if you combined the 1950s with the 1980s with Firefly, because kind of. And the the basic premise of the story is there the future is dystopian. And uh, somewhat like Blade Runner or RoboCop, it's, or, a, it's like a worse RoboCop almost. Yes, it, it really is. It's almost like, like, like a worse the, RoboCop. the world is worse than it is yes, in RoboCop. There is there's one police car in the entire city, <laughs> exactly, and uh, there are only two cops, and in they the don't really city. patrol any. Like they barely no. patrol, and they do patrol, and then they don't really yeah. enforce anything. There are more cops, but yeah, there's there's one main police car, mm-hmm. and they don't really patrol much. They're not much in the business of stopping crime, and it's very dystopian. It's very much very 80s in that respect that. Not that we're not somewhat fascinated by the dystopia now, but not as much as they were in the 80s, given the culture of the time. Absolutely. And it really had to do with they thought that's what we we're heading towards, yes, right? Absolutely. In the 80s. Sure. Absolutely. Like, sure. Uh, Society was going to heck. Yeah. And uh, so this alternate dimension like or any al- future movie yeah. <laughs> made in the 80s was about this. It was. Society was, it was just falling apart. Dystopian society. Right. Yes. They so weren't. They didn't have a, a shiny. Too many outlook. liberals in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so in this future, uh, what, I think most of this was filmed in Chicago. So let's just call it Chicago for now. I don't think they ever named the city. Uh, they did. But uh, I don't remember the, the the city is ruled by music and by gangs. And this <laughs> quite an interesting combo. Really, there there's a yeah. <laughs> the, the the there's a one so much so that the biker gangs attend a concert that is apparently a benefit yeah. in the beginning of the film. Right. And they can just walk into the concert and take the lead singer off stage and take Alf out of there with her. Yeah, they, and that is how the whole film starts. That's the premise of the film. Is uh, they Diane kidnapped. Lane is singing that song that you heard in the trailer. Yeah, they, and uh, basically Willem Dafoe comes in. Raven. And, he plays Raven. He plays Raven a, as a, the lead of the biker. A game. character who, by the way, wears a, uh, a set of leather overalls, <laughs> shiny very leather, interesting overalls. shiny leather yes. overalls, and he has a very interesting hairdo yeah. as well, where kind of. He has a two parts and a forward yeah. kind of kind of goes forward in the middle. Yeah. Interestingly, but, uh, if you look at the trailer, yes. interestingly, Willem Dafoe did not get credit in the trailer for this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, he doesn't have a lot of lines, but you would think so being the main. He's antagonist. big enough. Yeah, in the movie. Um, yeah, Ellen Aim is played by Diane Lane. She gets kidnapped, and then uh, a girl named Riva, who is the sister of a man um, who has been away in a nebulous war sure he's a sister she runs a diner and she writes him a letter or sends him a fax or not a fax uh, <laughs> uh, she went, emails went, it to him. yeah a telegram that's the word i was looking for <laughs> she sends him a telegram and says you need to come back home. she has some messages him in 1984 yeah <laughs> um so she, she yeah she emails him and some messages him and she asks her brother tom cody to come back to town and to save ellen aim and why he's the only person that can do this, I don't know. But he comes back from the war. But he's awesome. He is awesome. That's why he can do it. And he, he actually, he and his partner, who he discovers randomly in the city. Whatever um, her name is. I can't even remember. McCoy. McCoy, Played yeah. by Kathleen Madigan. They both are straight out of Firefly. I mean, they're wearing sure. the leather dusters. They're, they, wherever this nebulous war is, it, <laughs> it is. It was very Firefly. It is Seren- I agree. They are out in Serenity Valley fighting sure. the war. And they come back to uh, dystopian Chicago to right. battle Raven and his cohorts. So he comes back and uh, and they battle them well. They battle them well, and basically the whole thing is them rescuing Ellen Aim and then trying. They rescue her and then trying to survive 
Raven and his gang coming after her and all this, the hijinks they're in. Thomas has left the show. I'm just oh, okay. the cast list. Oh, Jeez. okay. Sorry. Excuse me. Not, not, a, not a big cast. Brandis, Diane Lane, and Michael Whoa. Parry, Amy Madigan, Will Smith. But, uh, so <laughs> the main thing that drives this movie, I think, are, are two things. One, the soundtrack, and two, the style. The, yeah, absolutely. There's no question. The, co- the costumes, the, the set decor, and really the themes of the movie. It's a very simple movie. It's not very complex. Oh, the premise is super simple. Yeah. It's pretty much Willem Dafoe taking Diane Lane and then yeah. uh, the Cody character coming right. and rescuing her and then him coming back to say, I'm going to get you for rescuing her and blowing yeah. up all my motorcycles right. with your one-shot shotgun that blows up each yeah, motorcycle say, as you it, do that. It's one of those movies that... That's a sweet shotgun. One, it is. One it's bullet very sweet. will make any vehicle explode. One bullet and the yeah. motorcycle explodes and the guy yeah. dies and it's all over. But it's a fun movie. And man, I loved this movie. To I be did honest. too. I had no expectations for this movie no, at I didn't all. Either. I figured it'd be like, eh, it's cheesy eighties. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be okay. And it was cheesy, but it was. But I loved it. I did too. I loved Rick Moranis being yeah, the D head that he was in this. He wasn't like I loved. Uh, he ended up being okay, but no, for most saying, of the movie, he like typically plays a sort of awkward character. Sure. And he was a little. He dressed nerdy, but he wasn't that awkward. He was just a, a straight up a hole. I liked. Uh, is it Michael Parry? Michael Parry. Yeah. Parry. Parry. Sister, I liked him. Brother, brother to Jessica Parry from Mad Men. Maybe? Is he actually? I don't know. Okay. No, we'll we'll say that. Not. I was wondering that, actually. <laughs> if they had any, any relation. But, he, um, look, he's, he's, he was awesome as just the tough guy that didn't give a crap. He's and real was, generic. And it's interesting that the crowd, when they were talking, they were given the announcement of the film beforehand, that a lot of people cheered for Michael Parry. And I, didn't, I can't <laughs> recall anything I've seen him in. And looking at his oeuvre... I mean, he's done a lot since then. He's had a is that lot the of the same roles. as his filmography? His, yeah, his filmography is CV. <laughs> Why'd you have to say it all hoity-toity like that? Because I'm fancy. You know um, he is. He's done a lot. Of, he's had a lot of jobs. I mean, he's had a consistent character acting career oh, okay. uh, since then. Like he did Leverage, which, you know, sister showed a white collar, which Patrick Tank was on. Isn't there also a pseudo-sequel to Streets of Fire out there that he did? Yeah, so this is interesting. Road to Hell I, or something like that? Oh, is it, I didn't, wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the video game. Okay, uh, well, that, they did a movie, too. It oh, was really? Him and I somebody else. I think it's called Road to Hell. Okay, I did you not look know it that. up, but yeah. No, I... I uh, interestingly, um, supposedly the game Streets of Rage... Am I thinking of the right one, or Streets of... Streets of Rage. Yeah, no, sure. not Final Fight. Yeah, Streets of Rage was supposedly based on the style of this movie and what happened in this movie. Streets of Rage 1 and 2, as it were. <laughs> So that's interesting enough in and of itself. The movie, of course, was a complete failure other than the soundtrack. But I really, really like this movie. And I if was, it had come out at a different time, it, it would have been more successful. I think. I, I think it's a little niche. Yeah, like it's not as mainstream as obviously Temple of Doom or yeah. Gremlins or Ghostbusters. But yeah. it's it's something that could have caught an audience if it wasn't against so many other. I mega think so. Hits. I think so. Um, the soundtrack definitely would have helped at the time. Look, it's not a great high concept film like they no. talk about on cinema diabolica but uh <laughs> it's not this that or? it's not a great thinking piece but it's totally f- fluff enjoyment are you just talking about that they talk about those kind of no movies? i'm just yes. saying like a lot of these a lot of the films they deal with are are films that have very high-minded themes about them and yes. this is not a movie that has very high-minded themes about it it is a straight up fluff good music high action not great acting movie yeah, so the original Streets of Fire was supposed to be part of a trilogy called The Adventures of Tom Cody. True. And the first one, obviously, would have been Streets of Fire. Then they were going to do a sequel called uh, The Far City. And then another, the third part was going to be Cody's Return. But uh, they did end up doing a movie called Road to Hell in 2008. And it actually okay. does star uh, the same guy, Michael Paré. But it doesn't, it doesn't have Diane Lane, I assume. or No, it does not. Uh, but it was obviously a direct-to-DVD thing. But... Uh, 
I don't know. That might be interesting to see at some point, just because. And know, is it is it a pseudo sequel or is it a an direct unofficial sequel? sequel? Unofficial. Is it called is he, called Road to Hell? Oh, he plays a guy named Cody. I see. Okay. Yeah, he plays the same guy, so it's the same character. Oh, and yeah, there's a sister not, named Reva. Yep. Interesting. All he's right, not, he's not listening. Well, we should. We should I know definitely. He's not. No, I am listening. We I, should review Road to Hill sometime. We should. I, I, I would love to take that. I honestly wouldn't mind it because I do think uh, I do think Streets of Fire was a really fun film. It really was. Way more fun than I thought it would be. I thought, like I said earlier, I just thought it would be kind of like a, okay, well, this one got passed over for good reason. It's yeah. kind of crappy, whatever. But it was, right. you know, the it wasn't a full musical, obviously. But it was like kind of a pseudo musical because there were yeah. so many musical interludes in there. There was a there was a middle part that had one of the songs from the soundtrack that Diane Lane was singing. That was just randomly thrown in there. It was pretty much a music video in the middle of the movie. It was like a transition piece. It was a transition, but at the same time, it had nothing to do... Well, it was a transition, but it had nothing yeah. to do with either side of the, right. of the story. It was just, let's show Diane Lane singing here yeah, in the middle yeah. of the movie. And they zoomed out, and it was on the TV that people were watching uh, right. on the street. So it served as a transition piece. It but did. Yeah, it was heavily heavily influenced by music. And, and the advent of MTV at the time obviously influenced this movie. Sure. And the, oh, yeah, the, no the, doubt. really the, the culture of the time. Now, my only major complaint about this movie, not major, it's really a minor complaint. <laughs> Two of them. One, Michael Parry, no great shakes as an actor. He was like a bad John Wayne, almost. Especially as you heard in the trailer, like a bad John Wayne. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, he talks. He's yeah, not, I know what you not mean. a great actor. Yeah. And two, uh, most of the time during this set, like when they showed people playing in the band, they were playing real drum sets. Sure. But if you listen closely to the soundtrack, they're obviously playing electric drums. Which is kind of annoying. Sure. But, uh, like I said, not a major complaint. Very minor. But the soundtrack is great. The film is great. It's a lot of fun. I give it two thumbs up. And I would definitely watch this again. It's a lot of fun. For what it is, I would give it two flaming thumbs up. I would definitely recommend it to anybody. Because it's, like I say, it's a fun... Especially if you like anything 80s culture. Yeah. You're going to love this movie. Because it's just... It's just a fun, goofy right. type movie. So if you're not Thomas, over the top right. action. It's it's a bunch of nonsense in it, but it at not, the same yes. time, it's it's fun. You know, like yeah, you're not going to get a deep message out right. of it or anything like that. It's not it's not going to win an Oscar. Yeah, uh, I honestly think in the day and age that we are in now, where we remake everything, this is right for a remake. Because I agree. I think this could be remade very well these days, yeah. and I think it could make the whole trilogy if somebody made the first one at this point. It's one thing if you remake a hit like RoboCop. Sure. I think it's awesome to remake something that's kind of pseudo, kind of failed yeah. a little bit, but it's a, it's a quality but movie. But a classic, I don't have any problem with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Got any questions for us? No. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for contributing. <laughs> I didn't need to. You guys, like, <laughs> talked for four hours. Well, sorry. We're very passionate about this movie. You were. All right. Two flaming thumbs up is quite the sign. Well, on the next side of uh, Thumbs Fury, we're going to be talking about all of our favorite TV shows. The next shows. side? The on other the other side, side of the, the break. Next side. Let's not call it all our favorite TV shows. All right, TV shows. We'll talk about TV shows we're, we're currently reviewing. watching to review. Yes. There, there's, <laughs> Some are really good. There's that. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You're listening to Thumbs of Fury, with Thomas, Dustin, and Mark. How are you not entertained? We'll be right back to not entertaining you right after this word from our sponsors. You can have lots of high-tech fun with Tiger's Talkboy Tape Recorder. Hey, stop drooling on me. Hey, stop 
drooling on me. It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. Hi, kids. We're home early. Tiger's Talkboy tape recorder comes with audio cassette. Batteries not included. It is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need real. to cut that out for crying it's okay. out loud. A little or extra buzzing at the, the end is fine. The <laughs> came from another zombie uh, exactly. world. <gasps> so, episode 11 from season four, <sighs> Walking Dead. Uh, episode title claimed. Yeah. So, take it away, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> You Sorry. got it. I don't interrupt you. Okay. Uh, this particular episode. <laughs> We're going to scat a little bit at the beginning, and then we'll that's get how, right into it. That's basically how Walking Dead started with the, with the big scat session for, with uh, the guy that did Mamba Number 5. So this episode, we have Michonne actually hooking Lou up Bega. with... Is this the Lou Bega podcast? It is not. No, oh, it's not. It. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So we have Michonne hooking up with uh, Carl and Rick in this episode. Carl! Uh, apparently Rick is still a little bit too injured to go ahead and go out on right. any kind of supply run. He can't go search for chocolate pudding. He cannot get 100 ounces of chocolate pudding. Okay. So he lets uh, okay. Michonne the and Carl go ahead and do that. The show is not to get chocolate pudding. I thought that was the end game, was no. to get to the chocolate pudding. <laughs> That'll mean everything is, uh, everything is settled if right. we get the chocolate yeah. pudding. So Michonne and Carl go off cool. and... Uh, Search for chocolate pudding. And then uh, Rich, Rich... Rick is going ahead and staying <laughs> back in the house. Exactly. No one gets that. Uh, so Rick is going to go ahead and stay at the uh, at the house, right? Uh, or Rich Michonne says, uh, "Just go ahead and wait. Why don't you go ahead and heal?" Right. He's like, "We need you to rest." But Carl, he's like, "No, go ahead and stay. Stay." So stay. she, we have plenty so, to get. Yeah, and she. Well, he. Yeah, I guess he doesn't tell himself that. She tells him that. <laughs> so anyway, Michonne and uh, Carl are off, and they're right. galloping around right. trying to look for stuff. Uh, at the same time, uh, we have some other stuff going on <laughs> as well with. <laughs> <laughs> okay with, with glenn dustin, and the new people dustin does the summaries from right. now on <laughs> at the same time, there's some other have, stuff going on right now glenn father abraham and tara are back at the uh yeah back at the buses terry uh and basically and not fresh, we understand that there's off sharknado yeah right and our understanding at this point is that uh, there is a scientist involved who may be in this uh, description, but I didn't read far enough. Mullet, that uh, we'll call Mullet Mike. Mullet Mike is looking to get to Washington D.C. Him and uh, Army guy, who I guess is Father, Abraham, Father Abraham, Army, Father Abraham, Army, is Army guy to and get, Army girl. Did you watch this episode? Or I you did. Just <laughs> I don't remember their names, sure? but I did watch it. Okay, they're looking to go ahead and get to Washington D.C. because apparently they're talking to some people on the walkies, and they say. There's basically a cure. Right. This guy knows how to fix it, and they need to get to Washington and talk right. to him. Mullet Mike they don't knows say how to there's fix a it. cure. They say this well, guy knows how. This guy how, knows how it started. Right. Mullet so Mike knows how they're it looking started. to get to Washington D.C. We were talking and to, to people on the walkies in Washington, and then all of a sudden it's been right. quiet for a while now. Glenn says, <laughs> "Oh, oh, 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 vulgar." 
Mark! Glenn says, uh, forget about it. We're not going up to Washington, D.C. Forget uh, you, sir. Forget you, gentlemen. I'm going to go look for <laughs> I'm Hot going, Maggie instead. I'm, <laughs> so he decides he's going to go ahead and walk off and try to find his wife instead. I will smoke my pipe and move on southward. <laughs> Absolutely. Not towards Washington, D.C. <laughs> he said, you gentlemen continue without me. I and bite my goes, thumb at thee. <laughs> he did. He, he bit his thumb several Pish times. Posh. Bit his thumb over and over again at them. <laughs> right. And they ended up having a fight. And he was biting his thumb at him as they were fighting. But, uh, yes, Father Abraham and... Uh, Many sons. And Glenn had a fight because Glenn continued to refuse to not go. He, wanted, he did not want to go with them to Washington. He wanted to know where the bus was. He wanted to know where Maggie was. So he wanted to do that instead. And then... Uh, Meanwhile, some other stuff was happening. Meanwhile, over at uh, Rick's uh, Casienda, apparently some people went ahead and crashed it. I'm sorry. Some random people crashed it. Did you just say Casienda? Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, Rick has taken a siesta. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wait, are we mixing up Casablanca and no? Hey, and, it's either and Casa this? or Hacienda, not Casienda. I, I think I like Casienda. I don't know these Spanish words. Okay, I, I, think, I, I think I like Casienda. Spanish are hard. I speak American. That's it. So I Good may I may mess God. it up. Donde es Casa? So anyway, Casienda. Rick is taking a siesta on a bed, and uh, <laughs> some other people apparently come and crash the house. He immediately right. goes under the bed. So generally, generally faceless people. About ninety percent of the ninety uh, percent yeah. of the uh, episode, Rick is under the bed. Right, and uh, people so are stupid. Yeah, people are coming in and out and uh, well, basically saying they, they kind of have a confrontation in that same yeah. bedroom. Well, frankly, this this was a use, This was like, oh, we need to do some sort of plot with Rick, so let's just do this. It was sure. really... It was a give up. It was a give up story. There was no It was need moderately for entertaining, but at the same time, you know nothing's going to happen to Rick, right. so it, there's, no, in, there's there was, no intensity. There's no danger there, really. Right. Uh, this was a useless story for Rick. Really, we would have been better served to have a story with Hello Carol or perhaps Blondie Bear. Uh, yeah, Blondie Bear and Daryl. That would have been better. Sure. Something, but which this, we did not touch on at all in this. This episode. was just like, oh well, we didn't have Rick last episode, and we have to feature Andrew A. Blinken. So let's just put him in this useless situation. So anyway, basically, Michonne and Carl go, and they have all this goofy activity. Michonne's like squirting EG cheese in her face, and right. it's supposed to make Carl laugh and all this stuff, <laughs> which was. I mean, that was a mildly entertaining part of the show because, you know, right. Michonne is actually gaining a personality, which yeah, is kind of nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, Th- but that was the one thing I did like about yeah, the show. I like that a lot. Um, she's Michonne trying, is actually telling, <laughs> She's trying to show have some more personality and stuff. Michonne is actually quite entertaining lately. She is. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, and she's probably, I don't know, she may be my favorite character right now going on the show. Daryl. I mean, I like Daryl a lot, too, but, well, maybe out of the two of them. Daryl. But uh, no. anyway, Daryl wasn't in this episode. So out of people in this episode, Michonne was probably my favorite. Yeah, she's definitely been the uh, most interesting this season. Daryl. Yeah. No, Daryl has has had he one scene had, in this entire run. In this entire second half of the season. He's had, he's had, had nothing to do. He, his script consisted of two words. It yeah. was like, come on. So basically, we wrap it up. Uh, Rick gets out of the house. Darryl. And he stops them before. He stops Michonne and Carl. Like, shut Darryl. the f*** up. Oh. Whoa, that is totally vulgar. Before they, before they end up getting to Stop the uh, doing that. before they end up getting to the show, the show to the house, and uh, <laughs> what are we doing right now? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> is anything real? <laughs> Nothing is real. Before Michonne and Carl get back to the house, Rick stops them. They run off, and they end up finding this whole sanctuary thing that's apparently where everybody well, that's find, alive and they can go there. They and, find the map to terminus. They, they find, find the map it, to terminus. Yeah. Well, they they found that, and they're on the way there. Right. 
So that's the big that's the big unveil at the end of this episode. It's not really that big. Yeah. Well, for this episode, that's no, no, the big I'm unveil. Saying, I'm not saying you said it wrong. I'm saying it's yeah. just not. It's not. not. You're right. It's not. The, it's not that big. Uh, overall, I thought there was some interesting parts of this episode. Slightly, I mean, Michonne's I personality. I thought Michonne was kind of interesting. I thought this little reveal that her like of her baby, the Andre Anthony, the she I thought fleshing out the new characters was somewhat interesting. Yeah, you know, having this I, whole no, character that I wants to go to Washington. Sure, I didn't mind that part of the story because yeah. it was plot advancement. Exactly, it was. Hey. Like, we can actually move this story along without wasting screen time. And yet, uh, here we are. What, is this the fourth episode in the second half of the season? Third. And yet, we wasted an entire half of an episode on Rick's useless story that will have no long-term consequences. Has nothing to do to drive the character or the plot forward. I mean, you might see the one guy you saw again sometime later. Maybe. But it wasn't... There was only slight intensity. Yeah. Even when the guy was getting choked out and saw Rick underneath the bed, it's like... He's you not going to reveal him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he was, yeah. was going to happen. Oh, of course not. Right. Stupid. It, that, that was, was the stupid part. Yeah, the Michonne reveals, that's been the, the best part of the season. And then the fact that we got some plot advancement in this episode with uh, Father Abraham, his many sons, and uh, Mullet yeah. Mike. And, uh, and Tara. Okay. You can't call one guy Father Abraham and the other guy Abraham Lincoln. It gets really confusing. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> this is uh, Thumbs of Fury. Yes. We can do anything we want this is in a Thumbs clean manner. Yes. It's not the Mark Hudson show. As long as it's clean, you it's can do it. Thumbs of Fury, it's not. You're right. But anyways, uh, yeah, and overall, uh, ha- you know, a half Random. a half useless episode and a half somewhat useful episode. Uh, it was mildly uh, entertaining. Mildly entertaining. entertaining. I didn't hate it. I, I really didn't hate at it. Least, at least it advanced the plot yeah. a little bit. Somewhat. It was entertaining to see what Rick would do right. to get out of that house without alerting anybody that he was there. We knew he wasn't going to get caught. Right. And so my my interest level on that was what is he going to do to get out of here? Yeah, that, that was that was it. And there was some parts of that that were kind of no, like he, they did the cut back and forth with the people coming up the stairs. He was running in the bathroom. He was coming back out. Mm-hmm. People were going down the stairs. Like it was kind of like cut. It was cut kind of you know interesting. Was, was stupid about that the fact that he and they went on and on about this about on another show. But the fact that he killed the guy that was funny. I was the guy was on the toilet. If you examine that scene, first of all, if you really want to kill someone on the toilet. Um, and you want to make it look somewhat like that? First of all, make sure just the toilet seats the up. Comment. Make sure the toilet seats up. A, sure. And then B, perhaps the guy's jeans should be around his ankles instead of firmly buttoned around his midsection. That way, you That's give the enough. illusion that perhaps the guy might have been in this scenario. I did not notice that. Evacuating his bowels. Maybe he was just sitting on the toilet contemplating his life. Sure, he was thinking like the great thinker, and that's what it was. No, they were trying to make a hero. Should I really hang out he with killed, these guys? He killed a guy. I don't know. He killed a guy and the pooper. No, that's not what happened. It yeah. was a guy that just happened to be standing around, like uh, you know, sitting around in his uh, his his jeans and uh, hanging out, not really uh, evacuating his bowels. No. Sitting around the house. He was sitting around the house, watching the shadows lay shadows on the floor oh, of the sun. Move on. Move oh, on. okay. Sorry. Excuse me. So, what do you guys think of this? Uh, What's your rating? Thumb up, thumb down. My rating for Walking Dead is consistent. It's one one thumb sideways and one thumb pretty much down. Yep. That's pretty much been my feeling yep. this whole season. I'm right there with you. Same it's, thing. It doesn't totally suck. There's yeah. enough of no, it that's... Totally, yes. an, it's enough interesting to maybe keep watching it, but at the same time, if we weren't reviewing it, I don't know that I would... Be, I wouldn't keep watching it. I wouldn't be that high on it. I'd be like, I would keep, eh, I'll watch it I wouldn't at some keep point. Watching, I would, let, me say, let me say that as I wouldn't keep watching it every week. Sure. I would probably let it stack up and then eventually and be like, I'm going to watch the rest yes. of the season. Yes, right. that, that's exactly. what I did. That's what I did last season. I watched it in spurts and I let it build up. And but yeah. Are you serious? Just, 
climax all at once. But are you serious? Or, right, exactly. But are just, you serious? Okay. So I, I guess, got it. I guess well, uh, we don't know if he's serious. Yeah, I, I agree. It's one of the shows that at this point has been meanderings for so long. <laughs> they need a firmer hand and need to learn how to move. They forward They need more. to do something. They yeah. need a direction. They it's, need to get together. They need to. I mean, maybe. Maybe this whole big unveil at the end of this, maybe we'll see something with sure. some new characters. We'll see a new area that everybody will meet up in. Yeah. But my only hope is that this doesn't all end with another explosion where somebody else comes in and messes it all up, and then they have to go out on the road again. They need to stop that nonsense. Yeah, that's... It, we're tired of that Yeah, as fans. At least I am. I'm sure you guys are, too. Yep. Maybe a lot of people aren't, apparently, because everybody still loves that freaking show. I mean, it gets like yeah. 17 million viewers every week. Right. It's unreal, the I don't amount get of viewership that it gets for how bad it's gotten. I do I not think. get why so many people love it. I don't either. It's fine, but it's yeah. not that great. It's not. So now compared right. to the other three shows, absolutely. Well, let's move on to speaking of that, justified. All right. Oh, am I doing it? You got the intro. Oh, uh, do, 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 Oopsie. Do. on the break. Thumbs of fury. On this lonely road, trying to make it home, doing it by my lonesome pistol, float some. I'm fighting for my soul. God, get at you, boy. You try to hold on, fall back. I go hard on this lonely road, trying to make it home. This may not be the greatest topic ever because I just don't give a crap. I don't agree with oh. myself on that at all. I would disagree with that too because now we move on to Justified. Mark, you got a little synopsis for us? I do. Uh, this episode is called Raw, Raw Deal, written by VJ Boyd, which uh, actually interesting plays in locally. Uh, on this episode, but uh, this is an episode which is kind of. Do we want to cover the local angle? I think we should maybe nah. just comment on it. It's a we little can interesting. Tiny quick. It's hit a little, it. a little interesting. But uh, it's half a filler episode in that again it, for what the third episode in a row, Raylan's kind of r- much like he is in the context of the show is kind of relegated to the sidelines. Yeah. Um. Boyd, is. Yeah. Uh. Boyd is is really taking the lead role in this show again. He is in his uh, for now. For now, I, I think that that storyline is more interesting right at this particular point. But I always prefer the show to be kind of a, a half and half of these two characters that sure. we get half Boyd and, and half Raylan. So, I mean, make, there was large chunks of the earlier seasons where there wasn't any Boyd at all. I agree. For a while, I agree. So. It's going to make Raylan deal with walk-ins. Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> I really, I really like the idea that. Well, I don't know if it's an idea. I like the idea that this show continues to revolve around those two very yes, largely, and then at the end. It's kind of a final showdown with these two guys. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping is the last season is going to be really the ultimate showdown sure. between two of them. Like it's, it's been a while since they've been head-to-head. Yeah. It's been actually quite a while they have since they've been crossovers, head-to-head. But it's not, yeah, it's well, not much. I, I like the idea that in my head, in the far-flung you know, season six, which is next year, which will be the last season, is that Boyd is continuing to build his base, and there's going to be some big showdown sure. between the two. That would um, be awesome. That would be great. Um, in this episode, really, Raylan is relegated to the sidelines, chasing down some hacker... Um, a TC Fleming, Fleming, who uh, puts uh, he's essentially in the, in the beginning running a uh, some sort of online betting site for backgammon, and uh, the owner of that site, who was taken down by Raylan in, in previous episodes, the guy who owned the house in the very first of the season, um, this guy decided to put up a notice that the U.S. Marshal Service had seized it as a result, and then he took the money for himself. And uh, a guy who was a competitor. Um, doesn't believe this essentially and hires a thug that stamped on him earlier. Kemp. Yeah. A, a thug named Kemp. And, uh, 
and they go to try to take this guy down, and then the guy himself gets killed. Um, and then there, there's the little game between that and uh, TC trying to take Raylan down because Raylan's chasing him, and there's with Kemp also. So and then we have the uh, whole prison story with uh, there's the Ava prison story Ava. with Which, Girl Boyd, whatever her name is. Also another yeah. character that's been kind of minimized. We both just said Ava, whatever her last name is. Ava Ava Crowder. Oh Ava. yeah, um, yeah. She's also been kind also of minimized as, this season. Also known as Girl Boyd. <laughs> Girl Boyd. Yes. Girl Boyd is Girl uh, Boyd makes it seems like oh y'all haven't seen that. Never mind. We haven't. I, I don't know what it is, but we haven't. About. But anyways, the girl, actor that plays boy dresses up like a woman oh, in several episodes of Sons of Anarchy. It's no, pretty funny. Whatever that Nobody is. watches that show. No. Uh, it's girl, not important. So girl boy Plenty is, of people watch that show. Girl Boyd is recruited into the sort of prison Christian mafia. Elena's sister watches it. Told me it was awesome, actually. There you go. That's not real. But real anyway, show. go ahead. Um, anyways, so girl boy is... You're throwing is, him off. Is... Yes, brought into the Christian mafia. It's not in this girl prison. Boyd. She's just Ava. And God, <laughs> but uh, they they, re- they recruit her because Girl Boyd is willing to run the drugs inside the prison. Because well, she her- has the connection. Yeah, with, well, with, but the first with Boy Boyd Christian mafia You're skipping apart. They run the mafia. They run the drugs in this prison, and because right. they're touched, and Ava Girl Boyd needs Who is protection. This? Me. So she. I don't think I'm skipping. Yeah, those- you're skipping a little bit. Her connection is not in a, a part of it. No, they At first it's just it she's going to be at the end, part, okay, end but yeah, she's but willing to run oh, drugs. Sorry, go ahead. And so what we fill find out in. is that if if she will I, I run, fell asleep in the middle of the episode. So fill me in. If she will run drugs for in the prison for the Christian mafia, then Girl Boyd will be protected by the rest of the Christian mafia. So well, it's less about being protected by the mafia and more about they're the ones that deal with the drugs, so nobody touches them. She's saying that's what I mean. She's under protection. Yeah. Can we have your fire? Uh, can we have your fire alarm out of the no ceiling? Uh, can you reach ten foot ceiling? If you get on my shoulders, we can do it. Okay. Well, Marcus already volunteered that. That's a bad idea on both <laughs> if counts. Would face get on me, my shoulders. <laughs> if he would face me crotch first, then I can leave. I oh, can push him definitely. up there. Definitely. Yeah. Is there? What other way would you do it? You can't really balance any other way. Anyway. Absolutely. But anyways, uh, so she's under that protection. It's a really kind of minimal story, but we find that you know, it a roach. She kind of she finds a way to motivate herself into being the primary uh, heroin supplier for the prison. I stopped it before it was vulgar. And then. Uh, the last story is Boyd's story about him. That cousin Johnny is trying to be a big player, and Cousin Johnny thinks he gets the, the up on, on Boyd. Cousin Johnny doesn't know what he's into. He does not. Uh, he goes to Mexico, Her tries normal. to compete with Boyd. He went too deep. And it turns out that uh, that Boyd has outsmarted him. And cousin Johnny went way too deep in this. He did. He went too deep, and he's already made a deal with Yoon. And when he came, after this whole ordeal in Mexico where Johnny thought that he had Boyd, they came back to America and... Uh, Can we get to the topic? I'm getting to it, Thomas. And as it turns out, they turn the tables. While. And then, and then, uh, what's his name? Danny Crow? Is that his name? The Crazy Crow? I thought it was Phoebe Crow. No, not Phoebe Crow, but Danny Crow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blew, his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blew everybody the damn hell away. And Did you go out to Phoebe blow, well, blew all of Yoon's crow, uh, crew away. Yes, he and did. And astounded Phoebe Crow and... Boyd himself. And Boyd. Boyd was very upset about that. Yes. And Danny, well, I think... They made it, it clear at some point in the episode that no no, no American bodies drop in Mexico right. because it's a huge problem. I think this was a power, a, an attempted power play by Danny and Crow. And then Danny Crow kind of dropped a lot of American bodies. And yes, he did. Pretty much messed up uh, Boyd's but what entire I, thing. What um, I think he was doing was trying to be uh, sure their position as Michael the crow. What's Michael Rappaport's? Phoebe the big boss. The- okay. He, there was definitely... Because I big boss, went back so I- and looked at it again. There was definitely a look between the two... Where Phoebe Crow signals him to do it. 
Okay, so, so they are they're, they're trying to assure their position as there's a plan protectors, here, yeah, as, sure. as the crew. Yeah. I don't know what the plan is, but yeah, it was intentional. Those guys were not reaching as he claimed okay. before he shoots them. All. I thought it was just Danny Crow. I didn't you go back and no, no. watch it. But anyways, <laughs> you know, I understand what they're trying to do with the, with the show. With they're kind of minimizing Raylan as as Art is minimizing him within the show. I don't like. He's going to come back. He is. He is. I and know. He's going to come back strong. Don't worry. about I know what they're yes, trying to do. In this episode, uh, Art is very much minimalizing him. Minimalizing. Because he knows about the fact that he was right. there for the murder, for I, that one I, murder on the runway. I don't enjoy the lack of balance as much. I did enjoy the fact that we got a little more Tim in this episode, because I am a big fan of Tim, and I think he's got an understanding right. character. And, and he God. had a pretty funny line That's right. in the context of the show. Like, nobody told him that he was dealing with walk-ins, yeah. and he's complaining about it, and Tim says, well, you're dealing with walk-ins, right? Yeah. I like those. He's uh, he's an under-studied character in That's the show. That's a clean draw, though. Yeah, okay. hopefully it's... Hopefully he gets more and more involved. I, I would really kind of like to see like the Tim backed off. off with him because he's kind yeah. of an awesome character. Yeah, I'd like to see well, Tim they, the Toolman Taylor. You'd like him to be yes. more and, involved well, in the show. In previous seasons, they unjustified. <laughs> they alleged to the darkness in the character. <laughs> and there's yeah. one, in one episode where Raylan shows up and Tim happens to be at the bar and Tim is obviously drunk and brewing on something. Yeah. but they never go back to that. Yeah. So I kind of want to see justified Colin Tim. He's upset. Pamela Anderson left his show. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> Exactly, so I don't know. I give this. Uh, I give this episode. Uh, That's right. Like Walking Dead, I give it. Uh, you know, one thumb up and uh, maybe one thumb three quarters. But it's not. It's not the best that the show has ever done. It's far from it. No, I'm, I give it. I give it one thumb sideways. I get two thumbs sideways. To be honest, I'd go ahead and give it two thumbs up because I liked it. Really? Yeah, I, I like it. Was it. That great? It's not flaming at all. No, nah, like, it's not completely. Even, the rating no system flaming. I, I really feel like in this instance, it's a little difficult because it might be easy to compare the rating we give this to the rating we gave um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, but it's not really based on that. This is based on the context no. of this show. This show is way better. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is a way, higher way, way level better. than Walking even Dead. Even if I said one thumb down, one thumb sideways, which is the same rank that I gave Walking Dead, it'd still be way superior to the Walking sure. Dead. Because it's based on the context of the of its of each show. I guess I just didn't have as much of a problem with it in general as you guys did. It's okay. I, I thought I thought it advanced the story fine. I thought there was a lot of good acting in it, it was in okay. general. There was some great stuff on the uh, anti-hero front. I thought sure. the ending was great. I mean, not the great, was but it was good. good. The ending was good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll retract great. It was good. I thought um, the yeah. ending was solid to, to continue the story. I really, really want more Raylan. I do. Sure, I do too. For sure, it's ostensibly about that character. I want more. Well, it's about Raylan and Boyd. Yeah, they're about. They're about. I mean, not equal, but they're both very, very, very big. But for for a show that was initially poised around well, the first season, I know. But But since then, it's been pretty pretty close. Initially, though, it was Boyd was supposed to be not even around for that much that long, but. uh, Obviously, it's and become a great half, decision to not do that. I agree. Absolutely. But obviously, it's become half about him, but I've, I've felt we've gone oh, half, okay. half and, and quarter, not half and half, as it maybe should be. Yeah. But uh, anyways. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I think you can you can ebb and flow between the two. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad I'm just thing. hoping that this will make for a great season. I think this season needs a stronger direction, needed a, that's right. a, a stronger plot, a through, a through story, and they, we're not getting that in the show. I don't think I disagree with that. I don't think Phoebe Crow. I disagree with that too. I think the plot is going along fine with Phoebe Crow. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, I think he's he's a little bit in the back. I think Phoebe Crow is going to be bigger than you think by the end. Maybe so. Maybe I think he's a little bit secondary right now to Boyd, and he's kind of just playing the field or whatever. Yeah, 
But I, I don't think that's ultimately going to be what he's going to do. I think he's going to turn on he's going to turn on Boyd. I think it's going to be a big explosion there. Yeah, and I think Raylan will be a lot more I involved do, I as do, it goes along. I do think the first episode title of the season, "A Murder of Crows," yeah, will take its more literal sense than its uh, sure. you know regarding a flock of birds. I think that will come to pass in the end. I think Dewey Crow will meet his end the in only, the season. I don't know. Maybe you don't think so. I think he's. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. If that's I, guaranteed. I, had, I have actually to, have thought in several of the episodes this season that this might be the episode that Dewey Crow gets killed. Well, honestly, I, I have to agree with Crystal in that uh, Dewey Crow has been a wonderful punching What's bag. What's American? But he is kind of like this has got to be the ultimate Played out. Play yes. Play yeah. out of this. I don't know. We'll we, see. We didn't mention that this was the end of Cousin Johnny. Got shot in the face. Yeah. And yeah, that's a pretty big. That. That's a pretty big part of the episode. That was. And that was good to see. At least there was some movement on that. So, I like those. You know, Boy continues to solidify his base. So, yeah. It, it's... Yeah, whatever. The ending was pretty good. Well, pretty I guess good. let's move on to House of Cards. Judy. <laughs> and uh, the Whatchamacallit commercial. And House of Cards. And House oh, of Cards. I like House of Cards. Uh-oh. I don't have the justified intro. No. No, I was Walking Dead. I'm sorry. My bad. That was not... That was, that was Walking Dead. Not, <laughs> you said you didn't have Walking Dead either. I, I had that last week. I'm glad we're airing all this. <laughs> I'm glad everybody cares about this. That intro goes on forever. Oh, House of Cards, episode two. It's certainly an episode that happened on Netflix. It did. It wasn't even. It Kevin was not. Spacey was starring. Hey, in it. let me describe it. Can you right. can you tap Good the brakes okay. and I'll tap calm yourself? All right. Okay. He's a little drunk. I'm not drunk. Not I'm just you. Him. Oh, him. Yes. I'm not drunk. When is he not drunk? <laughs> Most of the time. Okay. You're just usually Most of the high. time. Most of the time. Can't even, you're not even convincing so, your explanation. <laughs> that is a ticket reference. Most of the time. So episode two, uh, we have Frank, we have uh, the Secretary of State, Catherine Durant, and, <laughs> and some uh, stuff is happening. We have President Walker, and we have Raymond Tusk. I think those are the crucial people in episode two. <laughs> uh, basically, what we have going on in episode two is that we have Frank trying to kind of manipulate the Secretary of State and. <laughs> you are a something I cannot say on this episode. Does it begin with an A or a D? It, it begins with a B. Oh, B. Okay. But uh, anyway, basically, Bagel? basically, Bagel? most of this episode is focused around uh, Frank trying to basically undermine Raymond Tusk. He wants to get control of uh, President Walker's thoughts and feelings. He's trying to play both sides. He, and he wants, wants to be able be, to be the big, the big influence. It becomes very apparent in this episode. If it hasn't already, that the president is very heavily agrees on. It seems like he almost doesn't formulate his own opinions. True. And, and president Walker pretty much blows yeah. with the wind, and he he's the most goes with Raymond Tusk if he can. You know, if anybody's going to influence him, right. it's what Raymond Tusk wants to do. Really. So the big influence on this one is that the Secretary of State uh, basically arranges a meeting with the Chinese. Uh, I don't remember what it was about. I don't know if it says right here. I don't know what the but they're, It's all about uh, the next evolution in like internet. Uh, right espionage type stuff so walker basically tells her to take a soft touch on this uh you know underwood tells her privately and, and he, he agrees with tusk right. publicly 
well, publicly. He agrees with the quote unquote with the, with President Walker. Right, that they should they should be hard and not soft. That they should be hard on that. They should go ahead and do that. You know, well, with Tusk, he says they should be soft. Right. But when he's talking to Durant pop, uh, privately, right, he says, you know, I had to agree with him because be Walker goes ahead and agrees right. with Tusk all the time. So you and I got to kind of figure out a way to do this privately. So uh, basically, the pull Durant that influence out from under him. Right. So Durant does that. Uh, you know, basically tells her, you know colleagues whoever meets with the Chinese to yeah. go ahead and make this a big issue. And they do, and it, it kind of blows up to a thing. And uh, Tusk is trying to go ahead and get him to distance from this whole situation. Uh, and then Underwood very, you know, he uses, he uses his crafty ability He acts like again. he agrees with him. They're on a conference. He, they, he, plays they, they he agrees with Tusk yeah. until the conference call is over, yeah. and it's just him and Walker. And he tells Walker, hey, man, you need to... Go with be true you, to yourself. Be true to yourself. What do you really right. think about this situation? He's like, I kind of sense that you don't agree with this. Yeah. And he kind of pushes Walker the way he wants to push him. Right. Uh, also, in addition to that, we have the new person that's trying to apply for WHIP, uh, which is not listed in this episode, but I don't remember her name. Jackie. Uh, Jackie, that is... So Molly, uh, Molly Parker from the Deadwood. The chick from Deadwood, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she Molly, played Raylan's wife in Deadwood. Right. So she is uh, basically talking with a <laughs> really senior confusing. person. I know. Just go with it. She's talking with a senior person in the uh, in the house. No. And who has actually been friends with her all these years. And then and he has an no. illegitimate daughter who is uh, basically special needs. She has cerebral palsy. Yeah. And yeah, right. And they're using that against him, right? To go ahead and kind of get him out of his position. Uh, and ultimately she is trying to do anything she can to become whip and she uses, uh, Underwood's influence and she uses her ability to manipulate her longtime friend. Right. And his, his love child, uh, which this girl with cerebral palsy is his love child. So she's able to go ahead and use that against him as well. Uh, Anything else happened in this episode? There's a Pretty little bit of a clear that everyone uh, left in the show is well, pure evil and willing to get whatever they want. We by. also have the Claire rape story that came into this. That's with, true. We have Frank's wife who was apparently raped. Do you remember one this of the from people. the first season at all? No, I don't remember actually. anything about this. I don't remember that. So apparently, because uh, she doesn't even say that much, she just says the guy. Oh, it's this guy, freshman year. And Frank does not want to give him this medal of honor, whatever he's yeah. whatever he's given him. Yeah, and uh, basically, How's your vagina. Basically, we find out that Claire has been raped by this guy who's getting you know an award from Frank right. from the vice president. And as and, vice president, uh, he now has to give him that extra right. star. He doesn't want to do it. He's pissed about it, but he does do it. That is that that has been a consistent thing through this whole House of Cards uh, scenario. Is that really no matter what you thought, even when Frank was getting with Zoe and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Frank and Claire have this manipulative relationship that they are working to the better good of themselves. Yeah, and that continues sure. in this episode. Uh, we also have the whole sub story of them refixing his apartment. Yeah, there is. You so know, that, whatever. That, that's such a um, and from from me an annoying part of the story. Like normally, the vice president lives in the Naval Observatory in DC, and they right. Re- he said, "No, I'm, I'm not doing that." I know it's to conserve costs on the show. I understand that, yeah. but the fact that he refused to live in the Naval Observatory, he's going to live in his little condo somewhere. You know, some. Re, you know, um, Brickstone House in sorry somewhere in DC. Let's not forget Lucas Goodwin, who is uh, Zoe's boyfriend, yeah, who right. is trying to research the deep web, quote unquote, 
to yeah. find out you the like that? phone records actually, of Frank Underwood. I don't know. Like, I don't know why you're putting quotes around. I mean, it's actually what it is. That actually is a real thing. I don't know that 96 percent of the web is not accessible through uh, regular that's, searches. That's BS. I believe it was 98 percent. Whatever what he said. it was, and I just remember going. Anyway, I know that there's a deep web, amazing. but I'm saying oh, they're, they're blowing it up to way bigger proportions okay. than it is. I thought, okay, I thought you were saying that the deep web was BS. I think it's probably more like the deep web is four percent. And the or yes, and the real internet is right, like Silk 96. Road and all this yes. other stuff. Silk That's, Road is not; it's it's a big thing. It's it's everything behind sure. Bitcoin. And I love you know I love the fact that uh, sort of in its own way, Bitcoin is referenced in both Justified and it was. Netflix, this which week. is yep. also kind of falling apart right now. And is about to they basically said forget about it at this point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, that was nice to see. But the the statistics, I don't know where they pulled that. They where did they pull that number out of their butt? I have no idea. They just decided 16. to go with whatever sounded good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And it wasn't um, 16. But I do like the fact Charles that they... saying 16. I do like the fact that they attempted to at least pull a relevant topic out of their butts and, oh, you know, make it into a plot so. point. That That's fine. So uh, Lucas is trying to... He's like a fake Bradley Cooper True. trying to... Uh, from Alias, trying well, to... he pulls in his old boss. Yeah. He, he has him come a up. Good, uh, that's a good uh, surveying right It there. is a good surveying. Thank Brad, you. Brad, well, he Bradley, callback uh, surveying. Bradley Whitford. Bradley Cooper. And yeah. He Bradley talks Whitford. to his old boss, tries to get him to say... Tom Hammerhammer. That's the other thing we haven't touched yeah. on yet, is that he's still very adamant that Zoe didn't just fall into yeah. the train... That somebody right. pushed him, and he thinks it's Frank, and whatever. And he goes and talks to the police, and they show him surveillance video. They basically that, say, it's pretty obvious you fell into it. That's what yeah. they say, according to the which video. Which is stupid. The video shows exactly what you knew, which is there's a giant portion of the camera hidden by a giant, like, yeah. part, removable wall or something. This like, is the longest show no, ever. And the no cops are like, tell nah. that. Yeah. Right. True. And that's not true, Thomas. It's just stupid. <laughs> I is, don't know why I'm saying stupid things that don't make sense. It is, it is dumb. I mean, it's like it's obviously she is pushed <laughs> from somewhere around her midsection because you can see her midsection fling outward. Yeah. If you go frame by frame, first. I kind of thought that was kind of. I mean, for Netflix and Asakars, I thought that was kind of decent effects. Yeah, it like was. throwing it her was. out on the train yeah. and okay, having her explode well, and everything on it the also train helps tracks. that it was kind it was of very grainy. prototypical uh, camera style, it like was. what you get. It was so generic. Sure. But what do you grainy expect? Grainy security yeah. footage, yeah, but, but it was still pretty fine. good. I that's what you expect. With I mean, the train that's pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Thank you for derailing me with that. She did. She played chicken she with played the train She played chicken and with lost. the train, Rain. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was, <clears throat> man, not the best episode for this show. And uh, I thought it was progressing It was okay. okay. I think it's progressing okay. I feel like it was uh, a lot of what Give we got in season pleasure. one. It's, that, uh, it's Frank Underwood's playing both sides of the... Of the game, which is He's, what do you expect from the show? Though? I know, but that's what they do. On this. I know, and it's one of those episodes that I guess has to happen to move on to the next thing. But not uh, every episode of episode or episode of season one was that great yeah, either. They had a lot of filler episodes in that too. Part of the problem, I feel just like Mark on that, but part of the problem I think is that I watched the entirety of season one in one day. So the slower episodes, I think, kind of bled together. Can we get to the topic? The you know the more moving episodes. Yeah. Well, if but you watch do that them again, singly, and let us know if it's worth continuing. Not, not going to do that. We're reviewing each episode every Fair week. Enough. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was kind of slow too. No. And while there were things happening, it does at some point begin to feel like a retread. I don't know. It, much like Walking Dead, feels like a bit of a retread. But it, I feel we'll like it's see a little less bit early. Than, less than Walking Dead. You know what? Yeah. You know what? It feels a little worse because. I don't agree with that at all. No. What I still think it's better quality than Walking Dead. I, no. Here, no, no, I'm saying that. I'm saying it feels a little worse than season one because coming off of episode one of season two, we no longer have the threat of Zoe. 
Yeah. We have but unfettered... we have the threat of Rachel, and we also have the threat of whoever this new whip is. We don't know what's yeah, going to but... happen yet, though. I know, I know. But we knew that Zoe was a threat at the time. Uh, hey, Tusk is not a threat, As really. someone that was not here for the last episode, I totally agree with both of you that in episode one, it would have been way better if Frank had, had found some way to put Zoe in a box, opposed right. to killing her. Sure. Right. I don't disagree with that at all, but we are where we are. Yeah. And I still think overall, I think the episodes are progressing better than they are in Walking Dead. I think I think it's more original Probably, content. Yeah. I mean, we have stuff based around Tusk. We have stuff I based just, around the new whip. I think that Frank can, you know, the Frank story can continue to to build a little bit more than what, Walking Dead did. Well, what I'm hoping with the show is that Jackie, the new potential whip, I'm assuming will be a certified whip at some point in the show. I'm who's hoping, obviously conniving. Who is conniving and is yeah. obviously willing to flip on anybody that she has held dear at any point. Right. I'm hoping that, gosh, she yeah. will be the threat. There's nobody. They ma- They made it pretty clear that She's really, really tied to this guy. Yeah. And yet she threw him under the bus. Right. So, I mean, nobody's Give safe me as pleasure. far as that chick's concerned. True. Yeah. Which, which I mean, is the theme of the show. Yeah, but no, nothing <laughs> in the nobody is safe. Yeah. It's pretty much what it is. So, I give this episode Either two that. thumbs sideways. I mean, it's two. a good show, but it's not... It could be so much better. I agree. Two, two thumbs, thumbs sideways. I would probably give one up and one sideways. Ooh, because you I'm lo- are an idiot. Not necessarily because this particular episode, and thank you very much. That really insults my ego. And <laughs> I feel like I need to quit the show. But uh, man, your ego. Not because low. this particular episode is great, but because I think I think they're building on something that could end up being interesting. But we'll we'll see no. what happens. Obviously, we'll see what happens. But I, I think no, it's got potential. <laughs> That's all I'll say. And no. I do we'll think it, I do think it's still better than Walking Dead. If I had I don't to pick think one. anybody argues that. Okay. Well, some people would. Yeah. I don't think anybody at this table argues that. I don't think that. anybody with half a mind argues that. Sure. I do think the show would probably benefit from net from House Cards probably benefit from having like an eight episode season as opposed to thirteen. But you know, that's I don't know about that. Um, Why? I don't know. You're making bold proclamations. Why? Why? And you know, and I make proclamations that are ultimately right. So Here. Why? 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 Answer it. Because I feel like episodes like this could be minimized, and I feel like we're probably going to get too many of these. I'm just predicting. I don't think so. I have but not we'll seen see. the rest of them. So we'll There's see. only 13 in this, right? There's only 13, okay. yes. Okay. So, Something all the fine. So, true detective. Something went real wrong with him. I knew Russ to be a good man, so I can't imagine what I can offer. What's this all about? Dead women and children. He never left. He's been right here doing bad things a long time. The only one ever took up for you. Without me, there's no you. Man's game charges a man's price. Now, sorry. It's a man with the scars. You make me want. <laughs> Episode six of True Detective. Why are you part of every show? Somehow that plays into every preview. <laughs> We only have two episodes left. But are you this, serious? I'm really, really sad. But are uh, you serious? But this is. Uh, yes, don't be we're serious. sad yet. I'm sad I'm just sad because only two we're left. so close to the end. But it could get really, really crazily good in the last uh, we two have, episodes. Well, we've gone on to the best episode or the best show that we review. Yeah, which is, is True Detective. Another episode written by uh, Carrie Fukunaga and written or uh, directed by Nick Pizzolatto. Aren't they all? Or, sorry, I flipped those. Sorry, directed by Carrie Fukunaga. And directed by Nick Pizzolatto. Or Aren't they all? Whatever. I have... Whatever. There's only Anyways, eight of them. I'm sure, they, all yes, I'm sure they both did both of that. The episode's name things. is uh, Haunted Houses. And uh, basically what we see here Why? is um, a little... We get some more progression towards 
the modern day towards this may not be the greatest topic. Um, now we're primarily in. 2002, 2002, 2012, yes. Yeah, yeah. So in 2002, Cole is... Uh, well, 2012's in every one of them. I'm just saying we've jumped out of the 90s. Oh, yes. A lot of it is in 2012, though. That's all yes. I'm saying. But okay. go ahead. But not the things that are happening, really. I no, mean, part of it. the interviews and stuff. But, I mean, the okay. the actual events are in don't come at the me. 90s. I'm, I'm sensitive. To. Come at me, bro. Good God. I'm sensitive. I don't need you to attack me. I would oh say God. majority of this episode happens in 2002, not... 2012. Correct. Thank you. Um, Can we move past that? Moving on. You're hurting my feelings. So, Go ahead. In 2002, Cole's investi- has gone on to uh, mm-hmm. investigating mm-hmm. the Yellow King cases on his own and going so far as to um, following up at the, uh, for lack of a better term, the asylum where one of the girls that he rescued is is still living and she's in a bit of a, not catatonic, like but seven years later or whatever. Yeah, seven years later. She's somewhat catatonic and doesn't really respond to Blech. people around her. Uh, he also decides to seek out uh, Theriot, who was the uh, was Eli from Boardwalk Empire that we saw in a previous episode. And Eli has fallen on hard times and is a drunk and uh, fall out of favor. Not fell out of favor, but he left the Tuttle um, ministry. ministry. I actually. think he was really at some point, good. Um, supposedly because of some pictures. I agree, he, Mark. Some pictures he found from the Tuttle school. And I think Tom should watch Boardwalk Empire so we can I finish agree. that out next year. Of children in. A children, children in rather or something like yes, that. Uh, not good positions. Confronted him about and it, and go. then got in, it, it got inferred that maybe he was responsible, and so he quit. And just yeah, like yeah, he was. The, he thought the blame was being placed on him, so he quit. And then on top of that, Cole also uh, confronts Tuttle, and as a result of all this, um, who is not the governor, who is not the governor, as was we'll discussed is, in yes. our first review. You're right. Um, Tuttle just or no, sorry, Tuttle died. Uh, as a result of all this, Tom's Tuttle tucked in. <laughs> Tuttle <laughs> complains to. Are you the offering? State authorities. Absolutely. Only crotch first. And, uh, of course. Tuttle complains. Whatever that means. Are you serious? Just, so Cole gets the book thrown at him by his captain, the, the new major, whoever that guy is, who I know I've seen in other shows before. <laughs> major oh, yeah. Tom? Yes, Major Tom. He's been in plenty of things. He usually plays like a... We'll just call him Major cop Tom. Or, a cop, a northeast cop with a sure. Brooklyn accent. Anyway. But are um, you serious? I am serious. Yeah. Uh, the the girl in catat- that is catatonic, um, she tells him a few details that you heard in the trailer. That that uh, God, the beeping is driving me nuts. Go ahead. That it was I don't the main sleep with that. That she was made to watch whatever was done to one of the other people, and it was the man with the scars, which was referenced, I think, in episode one or two. Sure, we was finally it, uh, get to my- Chalulu or whatever his name is. I can't remember the guy from the Yellow King story. Chalulu, yes, yeah, Chalulu. I don't know what it, it's something similar to that, honestly. But I can't remember what it is. The guy no that has like spaghetti face or whatever. Cthulhu? Yeah, Cthulhu. <laughs> well, whatever his name is. But I'm just saying, he is the guy that they're talking about. Cholula Hot Sauce was... Cholula Cthulhu. A, who has a Casienda. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a spinoff of Cafe Herrera. Cholula and the Casienda. What's wrong with hey, this guy? Did you tonight? want me to bring humor to this episode? Well, yeah. Uh, Thumbs of Fury is supposed <laughs> to have humor, right? On the flip side, um, uh, yeah, Hart, Hart gets himself into trouble again. I thought I thought it was great that uh, they actually referenced a real location, and that was the Fox and Hound bar, which we have plenty and of here in Dallas. And a T-Mobile store. And a T-Mobile. Well, we have plenty of T-Mobiles, but it was funny to see Fox and Hound, which is you it's know primarily a south-southwest uh, It's a good point. It's a good point. And uh, it looked exactly like a, a Fox and Hound, but he goes in there. He goes to the T-Mobile to buy a phone, a flip phone. Yeah. Sees a Fox and Hound, ends up going which, up there. I'll go on and bring up a stupid point as we go along in the sure. story, but uh, obviously later on we're going to get to the fact that uh, his wife goes and uh, 
has sexual relations yeah. with uh, the McConaughey's character. Right. That happened? Why does he have the T-Mobile phone just out there for his wife to find? Yeah, wasn't that his special if there's phone? there's pictures on it. Right. Wasn't that his special phone to have stop, with his... Stop, stop saying... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not say that on this. But uh, anyway, why does he have Jeez. that just out for his wife to find? Uh, yeah. That should be his... Uh, you know, his new BF phone. buddy to have right. on his on the side. Right, he should keep that in the car. Keep that somewhere special. So he meets he meets this new little tart uh, who is actually Eats one of the me. girls that uh, he tried to rescue from the prostitution farm in Paul R. R. Nelson. And, and what what kind of vehicles did they have in the prostitution farm? Just FYI, mobile homes. Paul R. Nelson, not RVs. RVs. Mobile homes. Oh, they were RVs. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, he tried. He res- tried to rescue her back in '95, and it turns out it was the same same girl. So uh, she has become obsessed with him apparently, and follows him from the T-Mobile store to the Fox and the Hound, and they right. get to have a little bit of uh, you know flagrante delecto there. Basically, Woody Harrelson- we find out in uh, True Detective that right. Woody Harrelson gets the, the best pieces of A <laughs> yes. anywhere you can find. If there's At a any beauty point, if there's a beauty queen in five, the five mile radius of, they are going to want to him? have sexual relations yeah, they, with Woody Harrelson. They will want to mount the mount the Woody Harrelson. Yes. Um, good for him. But yeah, so as a result, his wife finds out she while well, he's in the shower washing his suit, and it's the old <laughs> piece of clothing and the washer. She washing looks at his, his suit in the shower. <clears throat> no, I don't in, the, that. in the washing machine, oh, okay. he's in the shower. She finds his clothes in the washer, yeah. which apparently he I was mean, the I'm kid. assuming is an abnormal thing, right? And then she, he's weird. in the shower, and weird. she finds the phone. I mean, Mark. Every time he does a break room, he throws his clothes right, right. in the washer, and you know. Doesn't but tell Crystal. She looks it. at his phone and and finds the first and selfie. He'll find butt pictures of Thomas. Yeah. If he, if she looks at it. Oh she, she finds the first <laughs> selfie else? that was ever taken in cell phone history, <laughs> and uh, and discovers that uh, you know he's been messing around again. And as a result, she goes and takes revenge on him by sleeping with Cole Russin. Yes, which was a very interesting scene. It uh, not was. necessarily for the Greg's in it. Saying a- whoa, 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 whoa. Not for the uh, Grex in it. Calm down. But for past that, the whole fact that the way that Rustin came in and he was like, you know, having Grex with her. And then all of a sudden, she figured out what was going on. And he was right. like, get the damn hell out of here, you know, and like basically threw yeah, her out of Right. It was awesome. And it, it was, it was I pretty intense. I mean, you basically find actually. out that she, she made some comment about, uh, I didn't think I could do it. And this was, right. this was for her the final nail in the. Marriage coffin, obviously. Right. But yeah, that whole obviously. scene that whole scene was pretty awesome. It was down on the just, phone. Just the way that whole post sex thing transpired. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was pretty, uh pretty awesome. Obviously <clears throat> Rustin feels betrayed in that scene and Totally. Uh, because he figures Why it out. He? he feels abused, I guess, and, and to some degree. Because it was totally used, obviously. Sure. And in, in possibly the worst way possible. But you do get some Full McConaughey mm. moon. So. Possibly True. the worst way possible. You get to see some tanned McConaughey rippling butts. buttocks. Uh, but this pretty lead, hot buttocks in this there. This leads right? to the fact Jeez. that... Uh, Just for the a-hole. Uh, Hart finds out that uh, Rustin was mowing another man's lawn, as it were. <laughs> and they get you get to see... Like, he was mowing his lawn. That's, uh, one, that's one, the thing that agitated him. Well, it's mowing another man's lawn, as it were. and well, uh, But he wouldn't care, but it was his lawn. That's what I'm, I'm making reference to. Well, Thank okay, you. Okay, well, we're getting to that. Making so reference, okay, mowing his lawn, whatever. Well, okay, let's go ahead All and progress. Right, whatever, mowing a lawn. There were people with clippers cutting some grass, metaphorically speaking. Whatever. One man anyway. to another. More fights like this at breakroom.tv slash fights. <laughs> anyway, it leads to a nice, violent fight. Why can't we talk about the lawn they're mowing? 
Anyway, go ahead. Let's continue to hedge clip hedges or hedge clips. Uh, anyways, clip they have a nice hedge. they have a nice violent fight with a a, a leaping tackle by by <laughs> Hart. It was pretty yeah, it was really weird. It was pretty. It was it was funny. It and was the awesome. Police parking the yeah. uh, state police parking. And they beat lot. the crap out of each other. And as a result, uh, were there some hoo hoo ha has when you there were that, um, that uh, <laughs> McConaughey ends up or sorry Rustin ends up quitting and and going he's off like, on his he's own. He's like I quit. He's already quit at that point. No, he hadn't, quit. That point. he hadn't quit at that point. He got talking to you after that, and he's like, I'm done with this S, and I'm out of here. That when the fight happened, he had already quit. He yeah, yeah he was like, I'm just here for my files. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, because the yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, No, yes. no, no. Go yes. back yeah, and watch yeah. it. No. I will go bet watch you one I will. billion Go watch it right now. I, let's go watch it he now. Quit. Stop the show. After he went to the Reverend thing, he got a talking to, and as that was happening... He ended up quitting. Oh, you're right. And then he you're said, right. I'm sorry. Oh, just here from I'm my sorry. Closet. What was that last you're, you're usually not. So let's just go. With, I'm going to knife you in the neck. <laughs> you're oh, right. Okay. Right. But anyways, uh, so now they're separated and, and are more antagonizing to each other than they were before. And then, uh, you know. It's a long running. Whoa. And then go, go forward to 2012. Yeah, we've been back and forth in 2012 like normal. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson oh, walks okay. out. Ah! Woody Harrelson walks out. They've been interviewing his ex-wife. And she basically says, I knew him as a good man, blah, 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 blah. Hot Maggie? Hot, yes, exactly. Sure. Isn't that her and name? I don't know. What, I thought it was Maggie. Maggie. It's Maggie. At any rate. Uh, so, so basically yeah. ends back in 2012. So now both of McCon- Woody Harrelson's yeah. driving home. Both Rustin and, and uh, Hart are now out of the interview room. And Rustin tails Hart and is honking at him. Has they the pull same over, truck from 2002. Has the same truck with still the same broken taillight. I find that pretty funny. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> He says, uh, why, don't, why don't I buy you a drink and let's go talk? <laughs> the measuring tape is just dong length. And then uh, it's a thing for him to say to him. Hart pulls out his gun, makes sure it's loaded as they're about to leave. And uh, that's it. We get the final shot. The but are you serious? The taillight as they leave. And you know something. Some confrontation. But are you serious? Them. But I'm guessing they're going to end up walking, working together and solving Are you case. serious? Maybe. Shut up, Thomas. I don't know. We'll see. It could go a lot of ways in the next two episodes. Maybe I'm pretty sure. Maybe Hot Maggie is the nice really, one to be Yellow King. Yeah. Really, really wish they'd released the last two episodes. Don't at the put same up time. air quotes. Just call her that. Okay. Just there's nothing with wrong it. with Michelle Moynihan. Yeah. What do you hear? What do you, say there was. I didn't what say do you there hear? Was. Are you telling me there's no there's no attractive woman on this show? I didn't say there was. So are you gonna air quote all no. of them? It's just why are you calling every character that starts with an M hot? <laughs> Only Maggie's. I'm not calling everyone named with M. And Hot Carl. Yeah. Whatever. So, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> it was a. It was a. Tell tra- us how ugly all the women are on here. It was a transitionary episode. It's something that had to happen. We had to get to a certain point to launch into the new. F- I expect so, at this point more fully absolutely. fleshed out modern so day. So everything is modern day at this point, right? That's what I would expect. Is that I there's not so much more to tell of 2002, and that or uh, 95. Okay, did anybody catch the symbolism here? Of well, not symbolism, but could be flat out again. No. I don't know that I buy into Matt uh, Matt Damon. Wow. I don't bu- know that <laughs> I buy into either. Matthew McConaughey as anything else other than a red herring as far as the guy goes. But we've seen him with his shirt off before. He's like a heavily scarred guy. Right. And as he's sitting there talking <laughs> to the daughter, who's got... Cer- cere- oh, whoa, wait a minute. Skip shows there. The the girl that was super transformed oh, yeah. by the experience. Yeah, the girl that's in the As he's talking state. to her... Right. He's asking her about the. She said something about the scars. Right. And he said, "What about his face? Can you tell me anything about his face?" And she said, "His face." And then it's at that moment that she seems to focus on him, and then starts freaking the f out 
about yeah. his face. I still think that's a red herring. Could be, think? but they continue to draw the lines of they continue to draw the lines of the red herring right. theory. Like it continues to be. There's so many things that point towards him. Right. It's kind of insane. But anyway, is I this guess, a comment? I, guess I still you guys don't didn't think it's that. I don't either. I mean, I, I saw could that be, happen. I think it could be. I, and I think it could him. be really awesome if it was him. I yeah. think it could be crazy. It'll be interesting. It's gonna be like kill Woody Harrelson. I don't know. Right. It could come to a showdown between the two of them at the very end. Interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is interesting. Anyway, all right. So two, two, two thumbs up, two flaming thumbs up for me. Thumbs, two thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs still, yes. The, the, the series has yet to achieve we'll anything pound, less man. than two yeah. flaming thumbs up for me. So you can have a, you can have a, you know, just standard thumb, but <sighs> such a D. Why? I'm because asking. You just have to like point out why someone's different than you. I'm like, just asking. Two you thumbs have, up is a good rating. Thumbs? Okay. What do you have? Two Mark? thumbs up means I just it said two flaming thumbs up. Okay. Well, we're good. Okay. The, okay. the show is still far superior than anything else we're watching right Obviously. now. Obviously. Obviously. Goes without saying. Let's get out of here so Thomas can go to bed. Right. Let's go. Hit the outro. I don't have it. You have the outro. Oh Not for gosh. thumbs. I loathe both of you. I hate you, Mark. I hate you too. <laughs> I am a tiger. That's not the outro for the show. One. I want to be the best. That's not the outro of the show. It's gonna, it's gonna go. It's gonna happen now. That's what it is. Like, what's wrong? Equal cuffs on. So, yeah, maybe, I know. Yeah, some sort of restraint. Down. You can call us at 469-665-9827. Email us at breakroomshow at gmail.com. What's the matter, Thomas? <laughs> Don't forget to find us at facebook.com slash breakroomshow. Uh, Twitter.com slash thebreakroom. Twitter.com slash at the mark. Twitter.com slash thumbs of fury. That uh, doesn't exist. Twitter.com. Do not tweet that guy. Yeah. Twitter.com slash at the WS9775. And Thomas is at the Veed Central. Uh, Please follow the show, the successful show from the Break Room franchise. Yes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get as many followers as we can. Don't forget to listen to our sister shows, uh, Hubble Shack, the Drunk Movie Show. The Break Room. Perhaps someday in the Break Room, yes. And don't forget uh, 15 Minute Movie Podcast someday. Perhaps someday. we might make another episode. Maybe. But uh, go to uh, iTunes and find Thumbs of Fury. We're the only Thumbs of Fury, believe it or not. How about that? And give us a nice rating and review. We'd really appreciate Why? it. Uh, and leave us a comment. Why? And tell a friend. So. Excellent. So next week, Casablanca. Next week, we're going to cover a classic that none of us had ever seen up until now. And that is Casablanca. Absolutely. And we'll definitely have Justified. And we'll have all these other crap reviews. And they're not crap. <laughs> True Detective. Uh, actually, what will it be? The second to last episode? Yep. Second to last episode. Two weeks. Yeah, pretty close here. Yeah. I'm sure they'll kick it up. Well, we won't have all the As shows. As we have found, the second right. to last episode of these great shows tends to be the best. Sure. Uh, well, well, well we'll, have, we'll have Walking Walking Dead and... Uh, Justified. Justified. House of Cards. And House of Cards, but not, not Justified. So... No, we'll have Justified 2. No, we won't. What do you mean? That doesn't air until next Tuesday. We'll re- record it before uh, then. Oops. Let's talk about all that right now. Is this off air? All right. See you later. Or to your mom. Charizard, Machamp, Pinsir, Coffee, Dutrio, Goldpat, Staryu, Magikarp, Ninetales, Ekans, Omastar, Scyther, Tentacle, Dragonair, Magmar! Whoa! Catch your breath, man! Shake out those lips! It's downhill from here! Just 24 more to go! Now it gets tricky, so listen real good! Sand Slash, Hitmonlee, Psyduck, Arcanine, Eevee, Executor, Kaboom, Top Seven, Don't Satini.
Funding for this program was made possible by the Corporation for Pop Syndicate Podcasting and by annual financial support from viewers like you.